Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello everyone, my name is Ryan McCarthy, I am the host of No Credentials Required, and if you're listening on Unhinged Radio, this is one of my podcasts for the week, as I run two shows. One is a regular podcast, which premieres on Wednesdays on the podcast side, but you're listening now at noon on Thursday. I also have a live show, which I rip the audio from on Fridays at 7.30, the live stream. It'll premiere at 9 o'clock Eastern Time on Fridays. You can also check out the replays of the happy hour at 11 o'clock Saturday night, 2 a.m. on Monday, and 4 a.m. on Wednesday. So I hope you get to know me, and I hope you get to know the vibe of the show, which is Albany, New York, sports-centric, but we also bring in guests every once in a while to kind of break things up. And on Fridays, I talk about the national headlines, and sometimes I bring in an occasional guest from our Belly Up Sports Podcast Network, but you'll also hear some guests from Unhinged Radio every once in a while. Check out the live show, 7.30 Eastern on Friday night. You can check it out on YouTube, Facebook, and Periscope. So without further ado, let me introduce you to No Credentials Required. Cheers, everyone. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. No credentials required. Covering sports around the mighty 518. Part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. Here is your host, Ryan McCarthy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 39 of No Credentials Required. We are brought to you by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. Just want to remind you before we go, go and continue our episode for today. So I want to remind you, first of all, about our social channels, which are on Twitter and Instagram at BellyUpNCR, Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR, and YouTube, no credentials required. Just search for no credentials required. And speaking of YouTube and speaking of the podcast side, just go ahead and go, go to YouTube.com, look for no credentials required, click on the subscribe and the notifications button, because then you'll know that the if there's new clips that come up or will be notified about the live show on Fridays as a Friday happy hour. Also on on, on the uh, on the podcast side, just want to remind you to subscribe, share, like all that stuff on a myriad of podcast platforms: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, Podchaser. Leave us a review, leave us a rating, because that way we'll, you'll, people will know that we're out here in the universe. And also want to remind you of our. Hashtags, which are muddy, hashtag muddy518 and hashtag local sports matter. But tonight, we're going to do something a little bit different. I'd like to, I'd like to chop it up, I'd like to mix it up a little bit here on No Credentials Required. I'm going to bring in my guest, Christy Holly. Christy is originally from uh, the uh, from Northern Ireland. He is currently the 
head soccer coach at Racing Louisville SC, uh, which is part of the NWSL, the, the expansion franchise for the NWSL. And we're going to figure. We're going to talk about what it's like for him to come to America, be part of, be part of America, be part of the system, be part of our uh, our uh, our happy land here, and also what it's like to coach women's soccer, because that's a really pretty, pretty cool topic. And give a little shout out to his podcast. So also want to give a shout out to his cousin Pat, uh, my buddy Pat, who I. You know, occasionally we'll find ourselves at the drink at the uh, local watering hole down at the factory in Boston Spa, New York. He's the one who set up set up this interview. So I uh, take the time and say thanks, Pat, for setting this all up. So I'm gonna go ahead and bring in my guest, Christy Holly. Christy, Coach, how are we doing tonight? What's happening, Ryan? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm sure Pat will enjoy that little shout out. Um, he, he frequents in some watering holes once in a while, so not surprising. <laughs> That's a common connection. That's my boy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, he's our he's our local trivia host at the uh, factory in Boston Spa, New York. That's how I got to know him. So, but That's he's right, uh, he's right. the one to put you in touch. He's like, hey, I told him about how I run a podcast. He goes, hey, you know, I, I got a cousin who coaches NWSL. I go, no, you don't. Uh, <laughs> Lo and behold, not more than a cousin. I've known Potty Boy for way too long. I've, uh, <laughs> we've been through thick and thin, and he's a, he's a great trivia host as well. He's got. I will say Pat has got some fantastic useless facts. He does. He does. And I, I'm, I'm, we're, my teams are usually in the running every week. So we're, I'm, I'm, I'm all for useless facts. <laughs> it's, all right. it's all right. I'm always in the running too, running for last, but it's, um, yeah, we, we had a lot of good times over, um, over COVID doing his various different activities. So I've been yeah. on this. Yeah. So right off the bat, I'm going to ask you, how does a, how does someone from Northern Ireland become a women's soccer coach? What, what's your, what was your background before you came to the States? How, what kind of, how do you get, just get involved with soccer? Where'd your, where'd your passion for soccer come from and why go to, why be a coach? It's uh, I grew up in the North of Ireland. There was definitely uh, a lot of different opportunities and I was very fortunate to have a family that was very deeply engrossed in sports from, you name it, from Gaelic to hurling to rugby to soccer to swimming, which was my which was my main sport. Um, yeah. Growing up, so you know, I, I was very fortunate. I was exposed to many different sports, many different experiences, but also many different types of coaches. Um, some that pushed you, some that challenged you, some that um, allowed you to be comfortable. And those different experiences actually opened the door and brought me over to America, and that's where I was in that path. And uh, through different um, different opportunities that presented themselves, you know, I was fortunate to play at a, a very high level in various different sports as a, mm-hmm. you know, between age 12 and probably 22, 23 and figured that, that playing is probably not going to pay the bills. And I wanted to be able to still be involved in the sport and wanted to still be able to contribute. And, uh, came over here full time living, um, in 2005 and I was working in the youth oh, wow. sports youth soccer and I, I kind of made my way through that and was you know I have a younger sister who was heavily involved in sports and it's kind of you know you wanted to make sure that younger players were getting the opportunities to you know the, to be educated to be um, exposed to various different resources and and lo and behold, that's how I ended up in that position. And over time, it you know it evolved into from youth soccer and the high school to college to pro, and and here I am today. So it's I've been very very fortunate. I've been surrounded by a lot of good people and been exposed to a lot of good experiences. Now, what was your first foray into coaching? Where did you be? Where did you begin? Uh, first foray into coaching, probably um, I think it was probably still in high school. We, I was fortunate that. You know, obviously, high school soccer back home was something that was very important, and we we were fortunate that we had a very good team, and a lot of the younger players looked up to the, I guess, the equivalent of being seniors over here. Um, so we actually coached what would have been the freshman team, and we helped mm-hmm. um, work with the younger players and coached them. They were a little bit younger, just because the school system is a little bit different. It's they were a little bit younger than what freshmen would be, so we worked with them, and that was a fantastic opportunity. And then when I was over college, um, you know, that's you know, it's the age of 18, 19, 20. I was mm-hmm. doing some coaching in college and getting exposed to various different types of 
different types of coaches, different types of environments, different types of cultures and, and how they see the game. But I also, mm-hmm. that, that was specifically in soccer, but I was also coaching within swimming as well. And that was, you know, a, a bit of an eye-opener too because you're, you're working with individual athletes as opposed to team sports athletes. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it forces you to try and connect with them and understand them and, and look at look at the game and look at the sport through their lens. So that was probably my first exposure. And, you know, like I said, I was very fortunate to be surrounded by very experienced coaches who were um, more than happy to allow me to to pick their brain and learn from them. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that kind of led you over to the, the United States. And what, what was your first what was your first job in the United States as a coach? I know you said you, you said you worked with the youth, yeah. uh, but what which which program specifically did you work with? That was uh, so. I, my first job over here was working with the three to five year old kids. Um, yeah, oh man uh, what was that experience like <laughs> i'll tell you what that was an experience and a half i'll never forget one of my first sessions i was i was coaching and i'd let out me um my coaching grid and turned around and one of the one of the kids in the team or in the team and the it wasn't even a team it was just a session had literally mm. pulled her pants down and was standing there peeing in the middle of the grid and the mother saying yay Johnny that's great that's fantastic and I thought what has happened in my life so I was doing that that I was yeah, just to, you have to, if you can communicate with a, a three-year-old or a four-year-old and make them enjoy something you can you can somehow tap into an older player so then is yeah that was my job my job was doing that in the morning and then coaching youth soccer in the evening for three or four hours a night then we would do that for seven days a week you would have a, a team that you coached you were dedicated to and you would you would see them on a tuesday and a thursday and you would do their games on a sunday so that was that was a bit of an eye-opener not an eye-opener but it was a, it was a very good learning experience and mm-hmm. like i said you you're tapping into a new culture. You're tapping into a different way of doing things and trying to to add that to who you are as a person. And it also helps you kind of understand what it is that you want to do and and how you mm-hmm. want to try and influence people. So, so from there, you, you know, you're you're moving, you're moving your way up, trying to get you know, you're coaching, you're coaching. All of a sudden, this opportunity comes up with Sky Blue FC. How mm. does that opportunity come about? And what were your what were your years like down in uh, that sky blue? Yeah, that came about. I uh, don't know what year it was. Two thousand and twelve, maybe thirteen. Um, I was the assist. I was the assistant to the reserve team, which is the, the backup team, and then I was the head mm-hmm. coach of that team. And then I was the assistant to the to the the pro team, and then I was the head coach of it. Um, okay. And it was. I, I was fortunate to be surrounded by so many good coaches when I was younger. And they they would present me with various different they would bring me into different opportunities and and hopefully when the time is right I would have the experience and I would have the the maturity to to try and be successful in those situations. So even mm-hmm. when the when the sky blue job did come around, uh, I said no to it a few times actually until mm-hmm. someone <laughs> my father said to me, you know, I'd said no and he asked, why not? Are you afraid of something? I was like. <laughs> that's what the answer is yeah i think it was so yeah um, i didn't think it was ready for it and and he said you'll never be ready for it you, you just have to jump right in and you, you have to get after it so that was uh that was a baptism of fire for sure um i was very fortunate that with some exceptional players there they were very gifted players who were um very supportive and, and and very encouraging and wanted me in that position and it allowed me to you know find my feet and and try to have a you know, an impact upon the, the club. And it was a fantastic experience. Uh, you know, great ownership, great players, fantastic fans, and and really allowed me to enjoy myself at that club and, and also learn a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, it's, yeah. it's funny that we talk about Sky Blue because your your team wrestling Louisville, you just played them the other day, but they're mm-hmm. now known as another name, which is New York, it's like a New York, New yeah. Jersey, Gotham, New York, New Jersey soccer Gotham, club. Or? Yeah, 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 something like that. <laughs> they're, uh, yeah, they're Gotham, New York, New Jersey, Gotham. So we actually yep. just literally just got back from New Jersey only a few hours ago. We played them yesterday up at the Red Bull Arena. So that was uh yep. I've, I've been there many times. I've been there many times myself as a Red Bulls fan. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Pat was there. Pat Preston was there yesterday. So was the whole crew. They were <laughs> dogs abuse at me from above. So um, yeah, it was. That's where we were just yesterday. But it was good to get back up there and see many of the fans and and also sit on the other side of the sideline. You know. 
Yeah, was that is what's what kind of a feeling does that evoke when you're when you're when you're with an organization for a long time and then all of a sudden you're not all of a sudden but eventually you're on the other side playing the team that you yeah. co- you coach you once coached what kind of a feeling is what kind of feeling does that evoke is it you know, give, uh, us a, give us a clue better it's definitely bittersweet there's quite a few players there that um i had signed some had drafted out of college some we traded for um mm-hmm. so there's a real affiliation there and there's there's definitely some really important relationships that i definitely value i'm still to this day very close with the ownership and they did a lot of, they present them as great opportunities and for that i'm very thankful and and i'll always will be and the fans up there were very supportive and we we still have a very good connection and and it was nice to see all of them, you know, and and connect with them. And we still stay in touch. It was definitely strange. It was one of those games where we, uh, you know, we definitely had full control of the game and uh, we had the better opportunities. But we conceded a late goal to, to, to allow them back in and finish the game tied 1-1. Mm. So it was a little bittersweet in the, in the sense that, you know, I'm happy for the club and see the club moving along and doing so well. But I, I just can't have it at my expense. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's now, different. Yeah, I mean, I, I can imagine being. I'm. I've, I've been on the. I, I, I've I've played different sports myself, and it's it's a little bit weird being on the other side of the uh, mm. teams you because teammates you played against, but also you know I, I imagine for a co- as a coaching uh, thing. It's, yeah, it's definitely a little bit bittersweet when you uh, when you're seeing people you seeing players you drafted or any players you signed or traded for. And, oh. And you're looking across. You're either looking across from them or trying to coach against them. But you know, mm-hmm. you kind of know their strengths and their weaknesses. So it's you know, it's it's a little bit. Uh, it's it's different for. Sure. I, I know. It's, I imagine it's different for sure. A little bit different for sure. And they've you know, you're happy to see those players do well, and you're happy to see them have success as well. And you look, you you want to see the club do well because you hopefully you've had a some type of impact along the way that's that's maybe contributed to the success that they've had. So it's it's definitely, you know, you always will have a nice connection and, and a fondness of the club and and want to see them do well, but just apart from every time they play against us, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you how did you hear about the Louisville the the Rossing is it, am I pronouncing it right? Is it racing Louisville or Rossing Louisville? So I th- I think originally it was Rossing and now it's it's definitely racing these days, you know, with, with the connecting <laughs> with the, the Kentucky Derby. So I'd heard about it. it. It was an interesting one. I was working for the the women's national team at the mm-hmm. time and um our our uh, vice president of club development, James O'Connor, who's a, a gentleman from Ireland reached out to me and asked if I had any interest in in applying for the position. Um, so we had a couple of conversations and once I'd spoken to him, it, you know, I think that the club offered so many or talked about what a great vision they had and where they wanted to go and how they want to get there, which sounded very good. And But I've heard that pitch before and I've, I've kind of been involved in that. Then, you know, mm-hmm. you, they're not going to tell you anything negative. They're going to say they're, you know, they're aiming yeah. for the stars. So... But I actually went through quite a bit of a process and got down here and realized these lads are these lads are dead serious. They're um, they're they're talking the talk and walking the walk and backing it up with everything. So whether that was the brand new stadium, brand new training yeah. facility that we're sitting in right now, state of the art, which is much more advanced than any you know any club in the in the country. Um, that's where we started finding out what this means and and what it is that they're trying to do, and also. Um, got to see a little bit of the the city of Louisville which has been tremendous great people and it's very vibrant vibrant uh, city full of good energy so it's it's a good place to be and uh, I feel very fortunate now I, I I know one of our one of our podcasts is actually based in we actually yeah we had one of our podcasts is actually based in Kentucky in eastern Kentucky um, okay. he, he yeah so I, 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 I just gotta ask are are people in Louisville trying to teach you how to same the pronounce the name louisville correctly because they because yeah. it's not louisville or louisville it's louisville, yeah. louisville. <laughs> are they trying louisville. to get you to say louisville <laughs> i found that out very quickly and found out the hard way that i was saying it the wrong way <laughs> to me i looked at it and thought well there's a definite french connection here isn't there and it's uh yeah King Louis, so louisville and it's spelled l-o-u-i-s but i find mm-hmm. out very quickly that is absolutely not the case um <laughs> It was funny because in the early weeks, everybody was telling me it was wrong, but they wouldn't tell me the same answer on how it was done. Some would say Louisville, some would say Louisville. Um, mm-hmm. They would 
drag it out a little bit, but everybody would give me a different type of answer. But the one thing it definitely is not is Louisville. Um, yeah. And I find that part out. So I probably still butcher it once in a while and or probably every time, but I, I just, as long as I don't say Louisville, then uh, <laughs> well, I'll stay in good graces. Yeah, you don't want to get carried out of town in, on a uh, yeah. on a plank or anything like that. <laughs> not anytime soon. I don't know. That's a yeah. sense of subject, so I'll I'll continue to try and get that part right. Yeah, I I, I can I imagine it's the culture is a little bit. I don't know. Is, is, are you trying to build the same culture that you in, in Louisville as you as mm-hmm. you did trying to do the same thing in Sky Blue or excuse me, got sorry. Gotham, New, Jer- New York, New Jersey. <laughs> is it? Is it? Is it different? You're starting afresh, though. So, is it? Is it? Do you find it more difficult as an expansion franchise, or is it just because that you you have that past experience that you can try to do the same things, or you try to do something different when you try to build a new team? When I try to build an expansion team. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Now, nah, for sure. I mean, there's there's so many nuances within this, and and the fact that it's a it's a brand new club. There's no history here. There was um, there there was just great resources being made available to us. And, and one of the biggest things is, you know, when you look at the bigger the structure you want to build, the deeper the foundations you have to lay. And and that's something that we're very cognizant from the get go. So when we talk about the culture, I mean, so many people have different views and opinions in terms of what culture is. But you mm. know, my my perspective one would be it's it's this um, it's a coercive background influence that continually helps makes the behaviors and the you know the actions of every individual a little bit more predictable predictable and a little bit more aligned on a daily basis. So as we as we try to figure out what the culture that we what culture we want within this organization, we have to take a step back and figure out right what is our vision, what is what is mm-hmm. our mission statement, how is it, where is it we want to go, how is it we want to get there, and then through what values and what um, actions do we want to live by on a daily basis? And, and that part was, there was a lot of, a lot of work that went on behind the scenes all the way from August last year, um, right through to before the players got here this year to, to really make sure that we had, we had um, nailed how it is that we want to live on a daily basis. And, and we were very fortunate that prior to, to racing, uh, been established the the man's side was here and there was a lot of great work done there so we uh we definitely just wanted to build upon that and and try to make sure that you only get you get one chance to do things the first time around and and putting in a lot of long hours and and having conversations with various different stakeholders throughout the, the organization but also throughout the city was going to be mm-hmm. very valuable for us as we tried to to define what it is that we wanted to be and and we're, you know, every day we have to live by that. Um, and there's experiences at Sky Blue that we can definitely, I can definitely lean back upon and uh, use to my advantage down here. And, you know, at this point we feel very good about it, but it's something that you have to live by on a daily basis. You can't, you can't get comfortable. You can't take your foot off the gas. Mm-hmm. Now, how has it been trying to build fan interest? Uh, um, uh, women's soccer is uh, up and coming. I guess the over the last probably say about two, three decades, uh, especially going back to 1999 with the, the, the 99ers with the U S women's team there and the women's soccer is slowly, but surely trying to build, uh, build a fan base, build something, build a, fill a fan base, build familiarity. Uh, have you, mm-hmm. have you run into any difficulty in, in Louisville or is, has the community just em- embraced you? No, the community has been absolutely first class. I mean, the, the thing about Louisville and, and even the state of Kentucky is that it, it feels as though they've been screaming out for a professional sports team for, for years. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's something that's right here now in the city. You know, as, as you look at it, we've got every every other week, we have World Cup winners, Olympic gold medalists run out on the field. Um, our first ever game here was um, was against Orlando, and that just happened, the, the kickoff. So the first ever professional female athlete uh, soccer player, sorry, to play in Louisville, to kick a ball in Louisville was Marta, who'll go down as probably the, the greatest soccer female soccer player of all time. So making statements mm-hmm. like that. Weekend, we uh, are 
this week, sorry, we have PSG and Bayern Munich right here in Louisville training at our facility, having their preseason oh, wow. tournament. So things okay. like, you know, they, the vision that the the owners and the, the management set out in front of us is something that's very aggressive, very ambitious, and it's something that the the fans have got behind very quickly. And and because of the success of the men's team prior to us, we already have somewhat of an established fan base who are very dedicated, very loyal, and and very passionate about everything that's um, is important to us. So I think that's given us a little bit of a head start, and it's something we feel very fortunate to have. Excellent, excellent, and. Take if you could, going back to the coaching aspect of things, can you take take us through a can you, can you take us through a day of what coaches what coaches do? How do you have what kind of meetings you have? What kind of practices you have? Do you do you, do you kind of try to feel things in terms of how the players are responding to the practice? Do you sometimes need to feel like you need to turn up the intensity a little bit, or is it just kind of even keeled? Because I, I, I'm not, I, I never played soccer myself. Uh, <laughs> I played, I played mostly American football and rugby yeah. and baseball, and the level of intensity can be can be different according to your according to the yeah. sport you're playing. But yeah, women's soccer, what, what kind of uh, what kind of personalities do you deal? You have to juggle personalities. Like, I mean, what what goes through? What what goes through in terms of coaching women's soccer? Yeah, it's brilliant. It's such a pleasure. I mean, it's very different than working in men's sports, and every sport has its own challenges and its own opportunities. I mean, someone I grew up playing rugby as well, and Pat, you know, I know you guys probably cross paths through that that sport as well. Mm-hmm. Soccer's a it's an amazing sport. There's a reason why it's the most played sport around the world. So on a daily basis, I mean, usually getting in here it's between five and five thirty in the morning. Um, try to get Ooh. a workout in, and then uh, yeah, right. And then I'll meet with the staff. <laughs> I'll have a staff meeting that'll include myself, our director of performance, assistant coaches, operations manager, um, mm-hmm. medical team, and we'll go through who's available, who's not available. And from that point there, we will. Um, will have defined the themes of the week, what it is that we're looking to work around as we as we aim for the next um, opponent at the weekend. And from there, once we've established the themes, we can figure out what level of physical loading each player and, and the team needs um, to achieve throughout the week. And then we will de- we'll design our practice sessions around that. We'll get out, then from there, we'll present the practice session to the players. Um, mm-hmm. They'll get that in the video room and we'll get out on the field probably for 9.30, 9.45. We'll run the practice and then we'll get back in. They'll do their gym session with the um, with our head of performance. Um, mm. And from there, we'll sit down as a staff. We'll review the practice. We will take the video clips from practice, animate them and have them ready for the next day's meeting. And then we'll uh, do the analysis of the upcoming opponent. And then in terms of the... The uh, training sessions. I mean, I'm not sure my training, our training sessions are for everybody. It is, it's like a war zone at times. It's very, very. <laughs> it, wow. I think it's something that's often overlooked about female athletes, and we, you know, we look at the the male athletes and think, ah, oh, they're they're like tough, hard guys. Female athletes run through walls on a daily basis. They they hit yeah. just as hard. They work just as hard. They they empty the tank on a daily basis and. Part of the approach and part of the, the the culture that we're we're trying to cultivate within the organization is everything is blue collar, everything's honest, everything's very straightforward, and you empty your tank on a daily basis, not just for yourself but for the team. So when mm-hmm. you come in here, we it's definitely ramped up, and I think there's a you know there's always people that like to exist in the pro sports, which are in the little lazy river of life. If you you think about the lazy river at the you know at the, the water park, where you just drop in, it picks you up, it moves you around, yep. takes you back place, drops you. Here it's it's go. There's no nowhere to hide. You know, it's white water rafting, isn't it? Is, that's exactly <laughs> it. And you're going, it's it's wild river, right? And when the bullets start flying, you better get the tin hat on and get moving. And there's there's some incredible, incredible females within this. All of them are absolutely incredible. And the the work rate, the intensity, the intention behind everything they do um is the reason that we're having a quite a significant amount of success in our, you know, mm-hmm. our very first year. Um so yeah, the the intensity is it it's there it's i've been yeah. i've been in i've been sitting playing with good rugby teams and they're not half as intense as as some of these <laughs> uh these train sessions there's times right i want to put on pads at times and step away because some of these some of the <laughs> are playing in, and i love it i love it i think it's brilliant 
is that is that now going back to what you said about the intensity and of the of the training sessions mm-hmm. and the workouts is that a, is that a common misconception of women athletes that they don't work as hard as men's athletes the men the male are their male counterparts is that is that is that a big misconception that i that you that you hope to break absolutely i think it's a key piece you know i was talking about a specific player that we have and you know growing up i loved I loved an athlete, a male athlete that got stuck in, that wanted to fight with you, that wanted to take the legs off you and wanted to compete and draw the ground even and then take it from there. Um, and I love that about anybody that wants to be honest and competitive. I love it. But I think sometimes when they look at female athletes, they say, ah, oh, she shouldn't do that tackle. She shouldn't talk back. But we celebrate mm-hmm. it and we, we, we think it's amazing when a male athlete does it. So it's just the same on the female side. They they're just as competitive, not if not more competitive. They're just as talented, uh, and they're just as um, capable of, of producing special moments. And that has to be respected. And I mean, mm-hmm. I, I would I would challenge anybody to, to step inside the fence over here and and uh, have a go at it and see see how quickly they want to step aside because it it is not for everybody. It's not for everybody. It's fast. It's furious. It's um, it's it's go time. And uh, these athletes deserve so much credit. Um, and they're uh, mm-hmm. not just our team. It's it's you know it's around the world. There there's some incredible things happening. And you know if you if if people take off their blinkers, they might actually enjoy it. Now, I'm gonna ask you this, and yeah, yeah, we've got one more couple more questions here. But one of the questions I have is to the novice soccer fan whether it be mm-hmm. major league soccer national women's professional uh, national women's soccer league uh you the usl any any league in america or any or actually any league outside of america the premier league la liga mm. what kind of steps what kind of things do you want us to t- talk to uh, teach the novice fan like so say i, I you know I, i'm a red bull i'm a new york red bulls fan been a supporter before i still yeah, kind of yeah. follow it every once in a while but you know for the novice soccer fan what are some things that you can teach to them to look for in, in terms yeah, of I mean, in terms of in terms of in terms of the sport and how to get into it absolutely i think you know i think there's an appreciation of what these people do with the feet you know we watch basketball and we see it we think it's great ball handling and it is great ball handling but we definitely have mm-hmm. a greater level of sensitivity and control within our hands versus when a ball lands at your feet when you have a cleat yep. over it the balls just come to you at 40 mile an hour and you're expected to have this great first touch and what happens is when you look at it in tv it, it genuinely generally if you're watching it in tv you're watching pros and pros make it look easy um yeah I would, I would encourage anybody to go out and try and play it for five minutes and then sit down and watch it for an hour and think, my goodness, this is, this is good. <laughs> well, the thing that you sometimes don't get a feel for through um, watching it on TV is the intensity and the, the speed at which it's mm-hmm. played. So, you know, you look at you look at many of the sports that are very popular in America, they're high scoring sports, and they um, they have a lot of commercials in them too, whether it's, whether it's football, whether it's basketball, it's high scoring, mm-hmm. and it's... I wouldn't because I, I like a lot of American sports, so I wouldn't want to say it, it. It's not as challenging to score points, and when you score a point, it's worth. You score a touchdown is five. You um, you know, you get a three pointer, you get three points, two points, so on, so forth. Home run, you might get mm-hmm. you might get four runs out of it. Whereas in soccer, you know, you could have a one nil game, and it could be the best game you've ever seen from a soccer perspective. Mm-hmm. So it's it's probably a different. Uh, it's trying to appreciate probably different parts of the game. Um, and mm-hmm. some of the finer moments within the game and the tactics behind the game. And it it's definitely catching on a little bit more in America, but I think the thing that would probably yeah. give anybody a greater level of appreciation is is playing it for five minutes and finding, you know, even kicking a ball is not easy when there's nobody trying to touch you. So then all of a sudden when someone's <laughs> trying to put you on your head and, you know, you've, you've just ran 12K, um, it becomes a lot harder. So yeah, I would certainly encourage people get behind the team. Some of the Premier League teams. I mean, I'm for all my I'm an avid Arsenal supporter, um, and it's it's a roller coaster at times. But that's what we signed up for. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 following any professional sport or, or especially a team that you're passionate about is yeah. definitely a roller coaster for sure. I <laughs> I've lived I've lived and died with my teams for sure. Definitely. Would yeah, would it also yeah. be would it also be helpful to attend a live soccer match? Because for me, when oh, I went to my, I didn't really, I'll, I'll tell you a personal story, but the, the, 
how I got into Red Bulls soccer, uh, being a soccer fan, was mm-hmm. I took my nephew to a game after the twenty four after we watched the twenty fourteen World Cup. I said, right. "Hey, let's, let's go to a let's go to a Red Bulls game." Okay, it's only two it's only two two and a half three hour drive. And I remember watching Bradley Wright Phillips break the scoring record that yeah. night. He scored a hat trick against Seattle. Pecky. It was yeah, Mike Pecky was the head coach at the time. Yes, Pecky was the head yeah. coach. Yep. Yep. He was good behind the yep. line. He's a good guy. And it, it was just you, you get into it. You, you, it gets in your blood. And I think that yeah. night I signed up for to become a supporter. <laughs> or two, oh, wow. no, it was the next year. It was the next year I became I came I became a supporter. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, would it would one thing that uh, people should that even a novice sports fa- soccer mm-hmm. fan or somebody who wants to get into soccer would attending a match be just the same as just getting on the pitch and kicking the soccer ball around for a few minutes. hundred uh, percent. If you can get down there and you can actually, that, that's where you get a feel for the level of contact that goes on. Um, and the mm-hmm. speed at which the, you know, these players are trying to execute it at, but also you get the, the, the one thing about soccer is it's an exceptionally passionate sport and the, the fans get behind it and it definitely attaches you to it. I mean, I felt very fortunate that people were at the game last night supporting us and, you could say, I think it was Pat's father actually said one of these nights we're going to get the, the goal for us in the last minute rather than the other way around. And <laughs> he's so bummed is actually mm-hmm. also a kind of sweet thing because you know that it's starting to mean something to them, you know, and that's what soccer does. Yeah. Once you get into those environments or those arenas, they, they do suck you in because there's so much energy behind it. There's so much passion behind it. and But also you, you do get a feel for what's happening on the field and you get to see all 22 players at once getting after it um, for 90 mm-hmm. minutes. Now we we talked about the passion, and we talked about the coach. We talked about coaching. How what kind of a day mm. you go through? But if it does a the, during the regular season, do you, do you get any kind of downtime to just relax or chill out and just have I don't know? And, and it, you're you're in Louisville, so mm. I, I imagine you've tried some of the local bourbon. <laughs> the bourbon's good. I'm not going to jump on and say I've got a passion for bourbon just yet, but I'm working on it. But the last season. <laughs> Maybe in the off season I'll pick up on the bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in the right place. <laughs> you gotta believe it. It's it's uh, it's a, it's like a way of life down here. But other, I mean, other than the coaching thing, I mean, do you, if you if you get some downtime, just kind of unwind. What kind of things do you other things do you do outside of soccer? Do you just just hang out? Do you just uh, yeah. watch probably more probably, soccer? I mean, <laughs> watch. Yeah, it's probably pretty pathetic. I love. Uh, I definitely enjoy the soccer uh, support Marshall <laughs> and having to coach the team at the time, but you know, mm-hmm. it, it's, I, I do enjoy going off fishing. Um, oh. Enjoying just a little, yeah. I don't mind a little bit of fishing. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, it's probably I probably live a very boring life to be quite honest with you. Well, it's it's probably just football and soccer, and I do I love UFC. Big big fan of the UFC athletes. Could sit and watch that. Uh, oh, actually, I do watch that every weekend and try and try and stay connected with that as best as possible. And um, but yeah, a little bit of fishing at the in the off season is always a bit of fun. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. That's 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 uh, that's a relaxing hobby. Sometimes I remember. I think I think it was Ron Swanson from Parks Recreation who said who said it best. It's like fix, fishing is like yoga, but you mm. actually get to kill something. <laughs> Right, yeah, like that. So, I can't remember the exact. I can't remember the exact line from the show, but it was just there. Yeah, there remind me of that. Bit of a legend. Bit of a legend. Oh, <laughs> gotta love it. Gotta love it. Well, All right, Christine. I know, you, I know you got some. Uh, you got some more coaching uh, uh, things to go through, and I appreciate your time. All the time you had for me tonight uh, in this uh, so in much, this interview. Man. Where can if people want to just say hi, talk yeah. footy with you? cheer you on where can people find you where can people find uh racing louisville so let me pull this up i'll check what my twitter handle is i'm not a, it's uh christy e holly is my um twitter and then i'm sure i hope our racing is racing louisville um but we're we're at the stadium every other week and uh, i would certainly encourage everybody to get on down there and enjoy it because it's a good time and there's plenty of pubs in the stadium <laughs> That's not. That's never. That's never a bad thing. <laughs> never a bad thing. Absolutely. All right, Christy so, Holly, coach of racing, coaching racing Louisville. Thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Ryan, thanks so much. I appreciate it, Paul. I'll speak to you soon. All right. 
What's going on, sports fans? This is Dan Made of the MD's Fantasy Football Podcast, and I'm here to talk to you about Manscaped, where they want to let you know that the summer is here, but are you ready to unveil your beach bod? You're in luck. Our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Compliment your dad bod or six-pack with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas, so join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for a hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Again, that's 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY today. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Malachi Jones waving to the crowd. Tommy Grady under center. Handoff. No knee. Richardson falls. And the countdown begins for the umpire fans. Nine, eight, seven, six. Five, four, three. All you need is one. One season, one championship. Your 2021 National Arena League champions are the Albany Empire. And that is the call from my friend Tom Gozlowski, courtesy of YouTube and the National Arena League channel on YouTube. Your Albany Empire are the 2021 National Arena League champions for the first one year one of the rebuilt empire and they brought they bring a they bring a title to the Albany New York area and what a game this was my goodness from beginning to end let's start off let's do a review let's do a review of this game and there were a lot of narratives coming into this game one of them being the number 1 seed and the number 2 seed Columbus hadn't beaten Albany in all three, all their previous two meetings in week one, when things are kind of squirrely with the, with the, with the schedule, Columbus played, were scheduled to play another team. Albany was scheduled to play Ontario of California, but California decided to say, Nope, we're not going to play this year. So they decided the last minute, four days before the game, they're going to reschedule and Albany, was going to play their home opener, their season, their season opener against the Columbus Lions. And then a few weeks late, a few weeks ago, they both battled for the number one overall seed in the playoffs. Albany comes up with the big win, 61-43 in Columbus. And Columbus had a chip on their shoulder coming into the game. You can tell it was going to be it was going to be one of those games. And we had the uh, uh, uh we had the opening Sorry. We had the, the coin toss at the beginning, flipped by uh, Greg Catuso, who is the UAlbany head coach. Gonna hope to have him on the broadcast and you know pretty soon, hopefully, hopefully this summer, sometime this 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 fall, we'll have him on the broadcast. Uh but anyway, he he uh did the coin toss, Columbus won the pot the, the coin toss, elected to defer, Albany hit the ball first, and Albany drove down the field. And Tommy Grady finds Malachi Jones for the first touchdown of the game. Albany leads 7-0 after the point after. And then Columbus immediately responded. Columbus immediately responds with a long touchdown from Espinosa finds Antoine Grant for a long touchdown. One play, one throw, one touchdown. Columbus decides to go for two, oddly enough. And they Albany stuffed, they went for a fake PAT. Albany stuffs him at the line. Albany takes a seven to six lead. Next possession, Tommy Grady 
he finds Malachi Jones again. Albany kicks the, kick, the extra point by Craig Peterson. And it's 14 6. Columbus responds immediately. One play, touchdown. <laughs> Espinosa throws another long bomb. They're picking on they're picking on the secondary for the entire first half, for the entire first quarter. And one kicking the extra point, 14 13. Albany responds. Another touchdown, another greedy Malachi Jones touchdown. Controversy there. They could have said that uh, they could have he could have fumbled, but Jones was clearly across the line, broke the line, broke the plane before he fumbled the ball. Call a touchdown. Another PAT, 21-13. And again, Columbus responds. Espinosa with another long bomb. Kicks the extra point. 21-20. That's the end of the first quarter. That's just the end of the first quarter. 21-20. Then Albany responds with another touchdown. Tommy Grady throws another touchdown. Mason Espinosa responds with one more touchdown. And Columbus had some trouble with, they had a lot of trouble with the PATs all night long. Their their poor kicker had a pretty bad night when it came to, and we got more scoring. Tommy Grady throws seven touchdowns in the first half alone, as does Mason Espinosa. But the score is only 48-44. It's, it's 48-44 at halftime. Uh, out of the last touchdown of the half, Grady threw another touchdown to Malachi Jones. Peterson, mixed the ex- Peterson misses the extra point. They go for the onside kick, and Columbus winds up converting. They score a touchdown on a tackle-eligible pass by Mason Espinosa. And... They go for two. That's snuffed out. 48-44 is your halftime score. And in the midst of that, it was really chippy. It was super chippy. Very emotional. Lots of penalties. I mean, a lot of penalties. I mean, I'm not sure. I got to give the rest a little bit of slack here. Because you're trying to control tempers. Darius Prince and Marvin Ross, they're going at each other all night long. Pretty much the entire first half. And Ross gets a personal foul penalty. They're jawing at each other. It's just a chippy game. Lots of penalties. There was a blindside block on that onside kick attempt by the by the Empire that failed. And Columbus wound up getting pushed back, but it turns out that it didn't really matter because they're going to score anyway. 48-44 at halftime. We go to the second half. And immediately the empire start to get things going peterson craig peterson local kid he scores a deuce right off the bat and it's 50 to 44 columbus drives down the field they actually went up slowing it down a little bit <laughs> so instead of going for the long bombs long touchdowns they slow it down they slow the game down a little bit try to take the empire by surprise uh it kind of worked but they went up tying the score and again PATs trouble all night for the kicker. So Albany responds with a touchdown. Again, it was a, a great throwing another touchdown. And Peterson extra, Peterson adds the extra point and then kicks another deuce. Two deuces in a row to start the second half. That's the that's when the things that's when things start to turn around for the Empire. And their defense been playing solid all year. And and the difference between I think Albany's team, Albany's defense, and a lot of other teams in the National Arena League is that their when their defense needs to stop, when the team needs to stop, their defense picks up. And Columbus drove down the field. The Empire were starting to get more pressure on Mason Espinosa. The secondary is coming up with big plays. It, there's still a little bit of chippiness, but the chippiness had kind of subsided. The game slowing down. The, the pace is not as frenetic as it was in the first half. And Columbus gets all the way into Albany's territory. And they had four four straight plays. Go for the end zone. They try to they try to get one towards uh they try to get Lonnie Outlaw in the end zone on on uh, Varmasani. Broken up every single time. Broken up, broken up, broken up. And finally, uh, the they tried it one more time. I went to the well one more time. One time too many, and passes broken up by Magruder and uh, Kenneth Magruder and Varmasani. And that's when the game. That's when the tides turned. Albany scores one more touchdown after that. 
and kicks extra point. At this, it's it's now sixty six to fifty with uh, ten thirty nine left in the fourth quarter. Albany's defense is balling once again. Passes bad down at the line. Passes broken up by the secondary. The give credit to to uh, Tom Anash and his and his coaching staff. They made all the right adjust. They made all the right adjustments in the second half, and that made the difference. That made an entire difference. Columbus scores on another. <laughs> they score on another lineman eligible. They they get to. 66-56 because they can't convert the, the two-point conversion. Albany one more time. They get the they get the onside kick. And a few they slow the game down. They grind they grind the clock down. And a handful of plays later, Jeremy Richardson. Jeremy Richardson gets in the end zone for a second touchdown of the day. First rushing, he he already scored on a on a touchdown pass uh, from Tommy Grady. Uh, scary moment towards the, the seven minute mark of the of the quarter, and Tommy Grady gets taken down. And one of the Lions players lands awkwardly, lands on his knee, slow to get up. At that point, it's a ten-point lead. They knew it was good. They knew what they needed to do. Take an extra timeout to kind of let Tommy get his wits about him. Not his wits about him, but his knee going again. And Jeremy Richardson scores his touchdown. And then dagger, the dagger comes. And I, I was saying to one of the ball boys. Columbus is trying to play. They're trying to play hurry up. They're down. They're down sixteen. They're down seventeen at this point. The game and indoor football. Indoor football. The game can change on the flip of a coin. Literally, I've seen it happen. It almost happened in week one, when Columbus got two, not one, but two onside kicks and try to make a game of it. They try to make a game of it in the first and and game and all the way back in week one, back on May 29th. And they went up. Actually, Empire only went up scoring, uh, only winning by five, uh, and they were up by by nineteen. <laughs> they were up by nineteen, and uh, with only a handful of minutes left in the game, and they went up winning by five. This time around, the Empire again. Columbus went to the well too many times. Once more, try to go with the deep pass, and with three fifty seven left in the game, Espinosa goes back to pass, throws it a little bit too. Lost in the air a little bit, a little bit too short. Kansberger, like it's done all season long, whether it's been the big hit or the turnover, once again comes up big, and that pretty much seals the game for the Empire. First play of the next possession for the Empire, Grady finds Malachi Jones on a long pass. It's inside the five yard line of the Lions, and Darius Prince runs it in, waves goodbye, starts waving goodbye. Albany's up seventy nine. And Craig Peterson only missed he only missed two extra points all game long, but he had those two deuces along with along with eight extra points. He nearly had twenty points on the evening. And Albany they let in a let in a late touchdown, but at that point it's game over. It's game over. The dagger has been has been placed. Clock takes down. Albany takes the first National and League Championship in their first year. 79 to 62 and what a year what a what an incredible year and you got to give your you got to give you got to give full credit to albany management both local ownership and ownership down in florida uh ron Tarico. he's part owner he's the primary owner of the team but you got three guys uh in albany who were the local stewards for the albany empire uh, they own Techies Firework Water Restoration. Mike Corda is one of the owners of that. Uh, he's owner of Techies Fire Water Restoration, and he's one of the owners. And I caught a picture of the three of them, local ownership, celebrating towards the end of the game. But my goodness, they had originally hired Rob Keefe. Rob Keefe left with only a handful of days before the season began. Uh, he went to become, become the associate head coach and defensive coordinator for Iowa Barnstormers of the Indoor Football League. He joined uh, Les Moss there. And Empire winner were in a hurry. They went up and hired Tom Minash. Tom Minash puts together his coaching staff. And within a matter of days, they put together a roster. Coach Minash convinces Tommy Grady to come out of retirement. They bring in Darius Prince. 
They bring in a bunch of guys who were from original Arena Bowl winning champions back in 2019. And during the season, they they, they pick up another couple pieces. They, they bring in Malachi Jones, who decided to leave the Montreal Alouettes of the CFL and had one more chance to 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 make a difference. And he won one more ring, and there's lots of talk. Uh, he mentioned in this podcast that he wanted to go out with he wanted to go out with a bang. He wanted to go out with one more title. Whether or not he comes back this year, whether come back, whether or not he comes back in 2022. Either way, Malachi, thanks for coming back to the area. And by the way, Malachi Jones named game MVP. Listen to these stats. Listen to these stats. 14 receptions, 179 yards, five touchdowns, three, and he had a, the hat trick in the first quarter. In the first quarter alone, he scored the three touchdowns. It was it was it was crazy, and you could argue Craig Peterson could have been MVP as well. You you never see a kicker win the MVP in anything. I mean, in the Super Bowl, Arena Bowls, you never see kickers winning any winning any awards, and they should. But anyway, by the way, the the crowd in Albany beckoning for him to come back. We'll see what happens there. It's going to be a different year next year, but they're ready to get to work. Uh, as you know, club president, my friend Jeff Levac, he's going to help start get the team together for 2022. Tom Minas is coming back. He was re- he was renewed. His contract was renewed for 2022. You know he's going to get back to work starting uh, starting in a week or two. Just kind of just kind of just chill out and rest and see if a lot of the veterans who are from this year's team come back. Is Tommy Grady going to come back? Uh, are we going to get? Are we going to bring back Darius Prince? Are a lot of the core guys from this year's team, especially on defense, like like Patrick Macon, like uh, Kenneth Magruder, a lot of those guys are they coming back this? Are they coming back next year? Chris Martin, who played a big part in the in the in the, in the last four weeks of the season, including the playoffs, uh, he was very disruptive on the pass on the off the edge. So a lot of question marks going into next season for 2022. I'm kind of wondering if the fans are going to be back. I wonder how the fans are going to respond. And my hope is that the Albany Empire sells out every single home game next season. COVID or not. This year was a COVID year. A lot of people got scared off because they didn't want to come to the arena and get an infection. When a large part of us are actually, (laughs) majority of people in this area are vaccinated. So I think with the Empire getting a win right off the bat, Winning a title right off the bat, I think that helps the team. That helps, that helps the team in the long run. So here's the hoping that next year will be a, as big a success as last year. I, I talked to Chris Sig, uh, Siegfried, who's the uh, I, I saw him, if you saw him in the uh, the live trophy ceremony. I had the no credentials required channel for YouTube and Facebook and Periscope on. I think to talk to him a little bit. We're gonna have him on the podcast eventually. Talk about next year. And you got two dormant franchises coming back next year. So we don't know if those if those teams will try to poach one of the two up coordinators from the Albany Empire. Will we see Dimon Ware? Will we see Sergei, Sergio Gilliam as the uh, coordinators next year? I, I certainly hope so. But you're going to see teams try to go for try to, indoor football teams, especially try to go for that, try to go and hire them away. But. I don't know. Um, my hope. I'm not concerned about 2022 right now. I'm concerned about. I'm just focusing on the now. And now we are champions in Albany. All right. So that's going to do it here for no credentials required. Want to thank Christy Holly, coach of racing Louisville FC, for joining me on the podcast this week. Also want to thank you, the audience. I want to thank everybody who subscribes. Also want to thank Unhinged Radio for allowing me to allowing but Belly a pod being a partner with Belly a podcast network and allowing our podcast to go on your network. Thank you again. I I hope that I'll earn your listenership. You can continue to listen, and we'll see you on Friday night at 9 o'clock if you are on Unhinged Radio for No Credentials Required Friday Happy Hour. And once again, I want to urge you to please go on our social media accounts, Twitter and Instagram, at BellyUpNCR, Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR, YouTube, search for No Credentials Required. Speaking of YouTube, hit the notification button for when videos are released, whether it be the live stream or clips from the show, from the podcast of the week. Also hit the subscribe button. We're up to 28 subscribers, folks. Hopefully we'll have more on the way. I hope you'll, I hope you'll join us. 
And on the podcast side, subscribe to the pod, subscribe to the podcast, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, Podchaser, leave a review. Five stars will be most exceptional. Also, a review will be great. Just tell just tell people about the show and listen along. And again, my name is Ron McCarthy. I've been your host. And until next time, we'll see you around the Mighty 518. Music courtesy of Joseph McDade. Check him out and support his music at patreon.com forward slash Joseph McDade. Be sure to rate, share, and subscribe on multiple podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Spreaker. No credentials required as a Belly Up Sports Podcast Network production in association with Godzilla Media. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.